Even the Manchester grime icon Bugsy Malone preaching access control in the streets when he touts. Still spending money from 08 and I still have not taken the bands off. Still got access to the song off. Still got more brothers than Warner. Still on this music ting and I'm still in the gym and I can still hold my corner. Well, Bugs, this thing is security today. Welcome to Security Today. That's right, it is episode four, season two. I'm the security industry's most accessible uncle, Uncle Bear. That's right, B-A-E-R. So follow me right now on Instagram and Twitter at Uncle B-A-E-R underscore and this podcast on Instagram at Security Today Podcast. I hope y'all doing well. Uh, You know, we've made it. Here we are, episode four. We're finally getting in our groove. Hopefully these things will uh, really start to, you know, take a turn for the best, improve, and, and, uh, really, really start to crush this season. I think it's going pretty well. I'm really excited. Hey, look, I appreciate all the love and the mad respect that um, I, I've been getting, you know, and one of my favorite things about this podcast is the interactions on Instagram. So go ahead, DM me, reach out to me, tell me about your favorite articles, tell me what you're working on, tell me about security trends, tell me about, you know, the the, the show and the, the topics on the podcast and what you're thinking about them and uh, really reach out, man. I love interacting. Speaking of interacting, I had the dopest opportunity to go out to just about 15 minutes from my house, uh, Pierce from All Green Lights and Chris from Sprinter Datacom and Daniel from NWTEL. They were out there working on a uh, project. I got to meet them out there. I like, you know, put the kids down, took off and uh, got out there around 10 o'clock at night. I brought them some Red Bulls and stuff just to keep them going, to keep them moving. And it was such a good interaction. This is why I love the low voltage nation that is out there on Instagram, the the platform. I'm telling you, man, there's just a ton of solid guys and gals out there. So I really appreciate all you guys. And I really love your hard work. And, you know, I got I got a stunning review tonight via my DMs that um, if it wasn't for you know the the peppiness that that I bring and stuff like that, it, it, they would have fallen asleep at the wheel listening about exit devices. So I'm glad they didn't crash. You know what I'm saying? That's uh, PLS Technologies. I see you out there, uh, boy. Okay, let's get into it. Let's kick this pig. I'm gonna talk about what we're gonna talk about. Hey, there's a new UL standard, and it's walking into town, guns blazing, looking shiny. And it's here to kick some ass and take some names. And I'm going to talk about it. We're also going to talk about the life safety power is a powerhouse. And they continue to carry this industry. And let me tell you why in this week's product highlight. But you're going to have to wait. And... The season's first product breakdown, breakdown, breakdown. Yeah, that's right. We look at the Unify access from Ubiquity. Ubiquity put out some access control, jizz, jazz, and we're going to look at it and we're going to get into it. So uh, love it or hate it, it's a, it's a good starter system. And well, you know, that's about it. But I believe I heard it described as uh, half-baked, if you will, <laughs> which sounds more like next week's episode, but I'm not going to say nothing. Okay, so we're going to get into it, but first of all, you know what time it is in the show. It's shout-out time. That's right. This week's shout-out, some of y'all know him, some of y'all don't, and if you don't, you need to. That's right. It's at lock underscore rocker 365, the buzzard. Let me tell you something. Let me tell you something. The content that this man puts out on his Instagram is the hands-down best locksmith 
door hardware content on the gram, hands down. I'm telling you, with over 35 years in the industry and a wonderful video education knack that he's just got, oh man, he is a wonderful follow and a solid friend. You know, I've only really made what I would consider a couple of friends from um, all the, you know, all the spot on texts that are on this platform. And I'll tell you what, Buzzard is one of them. So, he rocks guitars, garage sales, and all you need to know is that you need to follow him right now. Tell him Unk sent you and dive into his content, and also his voice is on par. Maybe we should have him on the podcast. Yep. Look, hey, let's get into some chit-chat. So there's new news on the block. So the new UL smoke detector requirements scheduled to go into effect in 2021 are designed to enhance the ability to detect different types of fires and minimize nuisance alarms. So there's a new UL standard that makes it uh, so that the manufacturers follow some new guidelines that will cause new detectors to detect a wider variety of fires and cut down on nuisance alarms. Sounds like a good thing coming out the bat. The new requirements apply to standalone smoke detectors or smoke alarms, and as well as smoke detectors which are designed to be used as a part of a complete life safety system. Now, it all gets a little messy on the installer side so it seems nice and shiny out of the box but the UL standard is uh, two, uh, 268 version 7 and whether or not that is enforced kind of comes down if your local jurisdiction and what the uh, what they have to say and what the NFPA version uh, will require so NFPA 72 doesn't currently require UL 268.7 and the new NFPA version to roll out in 2022 really hasn't said whether they will require 268.7 or not. But listen here, okay? They should because it's nice and it's shiny and I really think it could do the fire industry some good. Some of the new features in version 7 through uh through the 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 standard include things like uh immunity from cooking nuisance alarms. So they're going to get rid of those. Also known as the uh quote unquote hamburger test. This requires smoke detectors to not generate an alarm signal from cooking nuisances that may create smoking signatures. Also, the detection of fires involving polyurethane. Well, let's just go back to that cooking thing for a second. I promise you at least once a month I set the fire alarm off with my dope cooking skills coming soon my cooking channel you will see but um yeah so they they can actually use the sensors to tell if that's something burning from a stove top or like i said fires involving polyurethane which is a type of stuffing used in modern furniture um that they can detect that that is you know that type of fire is bad set off the alarm let it go uh, two separate tests are required for this. So one involving involving flaming polyurethane and the other involving smoldering polyurethane, which was my nickname in third grade, which the increase in synthetic materials used within business spaces, fires simply burn and move faster than ever before, often with low smoke levels and detectors need to be held to higher standards, says Chris Cahill, offer and management lead for Honeywell Building Technologies. So all that to say say manufacturers are the one in the hot seat currently because when it comes to this revision they're going to be the ones that are going to have to implement it we'll see how it pans out there are a couple ways to pass v7 testing from multiple sensor output to alarm in the direction of the fire of photoelectric sensors all that to say 
it might appear as a lot of red tape and it might cause some of my manufacturer listeners, I know you're all out there of the millions that listen, to not think I'm empathetic to their headache. I get it. But this is the right direction. So Peep Season 1, Episode 6, which I gotta tell you is my favorite episode to hear more about smoke detectors and the infamous and recent Notre Dame fire, which New York Times highlighted, and it was a very good article. So go peep that, uh, that, that season and that episode. Do what you do. All right, let's get to the product highlight. Life Safety Power, if you don't know about them, you need to know, introduces the Netlink NLX Net Communication Module, a remote monitoring device engineered to handle enterprise applications and specifications which require large numbers of network-managed outputs. The Netlink NLX Network Communication Module expands remote device monitoring capability from four to 24 devices using only one network drop. The NLX also adds RS-485 communication, which is compatible with the Generation 2 FPO and M8 boards for life safety power, if you know what I'm talking about, with the optional RS-485 module installed. This allows connection of up to 16 additional remote devices across the enterprise for a total of 24 and up to 192 managed outputs, all right? This is, this is a board for all of you that aren't, aren't, aren't tracking yet, but all from a single network drop. Bam, one cat five, boom, one cat six, whatever you want, whatever you got, according to the, uh, the, the company when they put this out. So Netlink is designed for users to monitor, control, program, report on system power and connected devices. It features patented battery management that includes health reporting, report uh, remote battery testing, email and SNMP alerts, and other proactive notifications as well. Previously, multiple power enclosures each required separate network drops, but with the NLX, multiple power enclosures can run off a single network drop and installers achieve field cost savings while including, uh, I'm sorry, while increasing the capacity to remotely monitor additional locks and other devices, according to this company. Now, once again, we see a product pushing the industry forward, saving time, saving money, being able to integrate in large amounts of devices. If anything, products like the NLX show that our industry is in the right direction, taking the right step with others as we become a more connected world. All right, it's the day of data. There's a lot of bad. There's a lot of bad that comes with the old internets. But when we're dealing with connectivity and we're dealing with power cans and being able to monitor them and being able to see them and getting alerts if something goes down, we're getting a safer world because now off of one network drop, y'all, 16 of them cans can light up, okay? So check it out. Now, listen, here comes the meat. Everyone in the low-volt community is pretty familiar with ubiquity. You hear it all over. Use ubiquity. This ubiquity. Yeah, ubiquity. <laughs> ubiquity. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? I've installed their wireless antenna to great success, by the way, pushing camera feeds from detached barns and garages to main buildings. They notoriously don't have a quick call tech support line, which is kind of a headache of guys in the industry. Instead, it's an article and library system, which 
is a little more robust in keeping you from a phone number than, you know, Genetech support, but it is similar. It, it is one approach to tech support. And I think just a, a learning curve, most guys will, will kind of bitch pretty loudly about that, it, you know, it does require you to study, test, get frustrated, and try to make something work again yourself and refine your searching skills in their search engine, trying to find the article to, you know, solve your problems. But in all honesty, I, I, I would rather have a tech line that I could call, person to talk to, right? But if that's not an option, a robust library like Ubiquity has um, is good. I don't know. That's kind of a side tangent, but whatever. Ubiquity has uh, released an access control system. Yes, they have. And the test gods at IPVM um, did a wonderful breakdown of it. So we're going to dive into that breakdown, and you can get the deets on this new access system. Hey, I make it an effort at least two to three times a season to kind of highlight a product as the meat or the main topic of an episode. IPVM is my go-to for thoroughness, but um, I used Nelly Security last season along with IPVM to tackle breakdowns of ZK Tico access, and uh, which came down to a wonderful starter for you guys branching out and taking your first few access jobs. IPVM does a does do a little comparison of ubiquity system against the zk access to system so you better go back right now and listen to that just to refresh or if you haven't heard it and they also compare it to Access's the the camera company access communications their access control option which we'll, we'll also address now, they come out of the gate with listing kind of the strengths and weaknesses. So let me talk about some strengths of the Ubiquity. Uh, what are they calling it? Hold on, hold on. I got to look back. Boop, boop, boop. They're calling it the Ubiquity Access. U Unify Access. That's what they're calling it. Okay, Unify Access. So let's talk about some strengths. Hey, first of all, they it, it's an easy appliance install, okay? So even access novices will be able to mount and commission Unify Access with little difficulty. System component elements uh, auto-detect when they're plugged in. They, go, they, they can see them, right, when they get on the network. And only minimal user configurations are needed to really start the access control system uh, working for your customer or client. Uh, the reliable Unify interface is also a strength. So Ubiquity's Unify Access Management System, it's reliable, it's stable, and while some basic features uh, like door position or manual unlock controls are missing, and I know some of you just rolled your eyes or went, what? And uh, while some of those are missing, we uh, IPVM noted that there were no broken features or system hangs in testing, okay? So the, the simplified reader connections are also a strength. Ubiquity's readers are standard RJ45 connections and standard Ethernet UTP uh, CAT cable, simplifying the install difficulty normally needed to wire Wigand or OSDP readers, especially for IT techs installing access for the first time. These connections are less exotic and, uh, than their typical access control. And I just want to touch on that for a second because, you know, the security, the physical security world is kind of having to dance with some, some different, you know, size. Like we talked about the fire and life safety, right? Like physical security has to dance with them. That's been a dance that we've been dancing for a while, right? But this new dance over the last five, 10, uh, not maybe 15 years has been, you know, dancing with the IT guy. Well, it, let's remember my physical security heads that 
the IT guys are having to dance with us too. And they, there are IT guys who are in a position that their company wants access control, maybe in a uh, smaller situation or a, a, a light dusting of access or something. And they're asking their IT guys to put it in because they don't want to pay some security guy to come in. Uh, they just want to pay their, you know, their hourly or salary rate wage guys to just go do it on top of the hundreds of other things they have to do. Well, this system is uh, friendly to that. So, just a heads up. There's no license fees either. So with Ubiquity, access is a one-time cost. No perpetual license fees or maintenance agreements required for use. Uh, it's a very low cost for existing Ubiquity users. So for users already developing uh, or deploying UDM Pros, the per-door cost for access equipment is like less than $500 in line with many less expensive access offering systems. It's excellent hardware mounting. While, while neither inputs nor outputs are traditionally supervised to alarm if they malfunction, Unify Access detects device states and shows whether or not a connected device is operating as expected. Because, once again, it's on the network. It's a cat uh, six drop to the door. The additional step of alarming on an abnormal condition is not available now, but if added, uh, it could make Ubiquity better than most systems at monitoring peripherals than uh, that, that it's competing with, you know? So, and then cameras integrate within the reader. So the Pro Reader has an integrated camera into the device itself that records videos each time there's a card scan. And the reader provides video verification with Unify access for no reoccurring cost. Now, let's get to some weaknesses. Uh, one of the first weaknesses is going to be that reader with the camera, right? Because if any of you are racking your heads right now, well, good job. You're a good tech because where do you install a reader? Uh, 48 inches high, right? That's exactly where you need to be installing it for, you know, standard and code. And at 48 inches high, you ain't catching a face. And this reader, this integrated camera on the reader is not angled upward. So it's kind of like you get a lot of body shots and not a lot of face shots, which kind of defeats the purpose. So that's one weakness. Another weakness is that the Dream Machine Pro uh, by Ubiquity is required. Now, while Unify Access is IP-based, management is not embedded and it's a separate 379 roughly dollar router that's needed at every site to manage the Unify Access. So you have to add that on there if it's not already on site. Um, there's no mobile credentials, which despite marketing mobile access, Unify Access readers nor the management platform supports using smartphones or tablets to unlock doors. And let's be real, folks. It's 2020. Uh, oh, it's 2021. Thank you, Jesus. Um, proprietary readers only. So Unify Access does not support YGAND or OSDP. That's another weakness. And it also has incomplete controls. Unify's access controls lack basic features like lockdown or multi-factor authentication, manual door unlock, extended unlock times. Like These things are pretty standard, and if you're wanting access on a door uh, that is going to have any sort of you know features that you're seeing sold by other access companies or something like that, then your client may be a little disappointed come to know that they don't provide these features. There's also no third-party video or other integrations, um, which, uh, whatever. And there's no mobile app integration. Uh, so you, you can't hit get it through your mobile app or, or monitor it through your mobile app. And there's it's a non-ADA video reader height requirement, which I already mentioned. I just have to mention it again because I think that 
That was real big oversight. Look, they, they told IPVM that the current state of the product is geared towards small business and home deployments, which I don't know what's up there. But that would make sense with some of the missing features and the simplicity of the system. This ubiquity system is the minimum when it comes to being able to be called an access control system feature-wise at least, and I say that not necessarily as a bad thing. The fact that you can drop a door from an average of 2K, 2,500 a door, to around 500 if you already have the router, well, that's a pretty valid need, especially because we all know we've talked to those customers. I was talking about it last episode. And I've installed access at small behavioral schools, personal gyms, stuff like that, where the system was what this kind of system is what they were looking for. They just wanted access at the door. And any other feature was more of like a perk to them. They was like, oh, cool, it does that too. They don't have the budget, small businesses like this, to... to do that, that, you know, to do those big jobs that you see all over Instagram. Well, they want something simple and something that works. However, I do agree with IPVM in saying that, quote, even with the small business home focus, other missing features like mobile credentials, keypad readers, biometric support, door position status monitoring, those are all significant problems because that's kind of what you want with an access system. You might as well go to like an IC core system uh, for, from a locksmith or, or, or some kind of master key system at that point. Um, ubiquity is a symbol of innovation. You know, they're moving tech forward in, in a simple manner and they have their qualms, but for the most part in a company puts forth simple things that are on the edge of technology. For instance, their Unify access system is all over cat cable. And that is where access control is going to cat drops where you can control your strike and your reader and all this other stuff. And you just got one blue dinky cable running out to the door, um, hopefully in conduit. And you know, Ubiquity further clarified that the product's advantages are suited for sites where access control is most likely specified, installed, and maintained by people who are not experienced in access. They said, a key advantage of uh, Unify Access is our focus on ease of installation and ease of use, which lowers the barriers of entry for customers in leverage access control. Um, the company continued to say, moreover, since our product is both easy to use and to understand, customers won't be bogged down with the service fees paid to Ubiquity or third-party maintenance providers just to keep their system running. And IPVM remarked on that. They said, our testing confirms that non-experienced access installers can indeed mount and configure, configure the systems with very little difficulty. So where features like mobile credential and, for God's sake, multi-factor authentication are left out and OSDP, OSDP isn't considered, I turn my nose, you know, and demand security to have quality from the industry. But, uh, but the boil simmers, and I look at the big picture and realize that there is a need for systems like this, especially with MSPs or surveillance guys or locksmiths that are looking to take care of a customer, and the customer is asking for something simple in access. You know, like I... I just, I have a heart for that because I literally came from turning keys and programming car keys to getting into access control. 
And if it wasn't for some industry, um, you know, guys that kind of stepped in and gave me the information I needed and the gumption that I took to get on site and put it in and go through the headaches, then I would never be where I am. So something simple like this would have really helped my experience not be as like, you know, troubled and, 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 strained to get through, but I I mean, come on, Uncle Bear pushed through, right? Like I always do. But, you know, it would have been a much more joyful experience if I had something like Unify Access. So street price for Unify Access, uh, two readers, single door starter kit is like $4.99. Individually, the hub controller is is about 199 the pro reader is somewhere around 299 and the light reader is like $99 however a system also requires a, a LAN networked dream machine pro that costs like 379 which manages a single site's quantity of doors raises and it raises the cost to about 680 or 880 per door still that's a lot better folks and an access Kit price, quote unquote, comparison would be unify access to the Axis. It's hard to like access, Axis, the communications, the A101 with entry manager costing around $600, so like $300 a door or something like that. And the street price for the ZK Tico Atlas, which I talked about last season, two door controller enclosure, the reader runs like $1,000 per door. Um, you know, so some somewhere around there. Now, overall, it's a great first install to get your toes wet, but really, it kind of feels like Ubiquity said, "Hey, research and development, what's happening? Um, I'm I'm gonna need you to go ahead and come in tomorrow. So if you could be around here by nine, that'd be great. Okay. Oh, oh, and I almost forgot. Um, I'm also gonna need you to go ahead and you know come in on Sunday too. You already get the reference, right?" And make an access control system. Thanks. You know, look, go ahead and check out the link uh, in the notes. All my stuff is always in the notes, folks. So the notes, folks. Yep. The uh, the software overview and the features that are missing, the breakdown from IPVM and all that other stuff, it's in the notes. So check it out. Hey, if you want to get your feet wet on access control, this isn't a bad system. If you got a little more on the budget, I would go with like Zika, ZK Tico, something like that, because that's a solid system um, for cheap. And, and you get a little more of the understanding if you're getting into access, what you'll be working in. Hey, if you're just an IT guy, you know, or you're just a surveillance guy or something, and, and your customer wants a couple doors access, this is a great way to just fix the problem, bam, get it, and get paid. So, hey, that's it for security today. Remember that I am Uncle Bear, and uh, this show is Security Today Podcast. It is literally the number one life safety and physical security podcast on the interwebs, and you're listening to it right now. So I really appreciate all of you being here. Um, go ahead, check the first season. It's all still relevant. And uh, like uh, like I told you, tell your mom, tell your kids, tell your, tell your wife, tell your co-workers, tell your boss, and go ahead and remember to reach out. DM me. If you've put this stuff in, I want to see pictures. I want to hear how it went, right? If you think that this is a good system for a customer you got, I want to hear that too. I'll talk to you. If you think it's trash, go ahead. Send me a DM, all right? I love talking to you guys. And, uh, you know, if you want to pay my salary for the show, that's fine too. Go ahead, DM me, and I'll get you a Venmo. Hey, sincerely, your uncle in security. I will see you next time on Security Today. Oh, stop it. Yo, don't forget to subscribe to this episode. Subscribe to this podcast. Follow me. And uh, all the support really, really helps. All right, see you next time.
get a lot of boob shots, all right? So that j- there's that. Uh, it could go both ways for some of you. Um, no, there, there's... <laughs> I can't put that in there. <laughs> 